This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Bet Lucas. I have five crazy kids, a full-time career in a mostly male industry, and I've been on a health journey where I've lost over 40 pounds. On this podcast, you will find encouragement for your own unique journey. You'll be provided tools to help you not just survive this life, but thrive in the areas of health, career, and family. So come live your big, bold life with me. Are you ready? I sure am. Hello, and welcome to Living Your Big, Bold Life podcast, episode number seven. Do you need to lose 40 to 50 pounds, but don't even know where to begin? Today's inspirational story is the one for you. Mandy is a mom of three girls and works full-time. She was on the eve of her 40th birthday and knew something needed to change with her health. What I truly love about Mandy's story is that it's not just inspirational, it's completely doable. She didn't take any magic powders, didn't even join a gym. However, in seven months, Mandy lost over 50 pounds and then achieved her goal of running a half marathon. Today, Mandy shares the steps and tools she used to be the healthiest she has been in her adult life. Mandy also recently got a promotion at work. She truly exemplifies how when we take better care of our health, it makes every other part of our lives better. Welcome, Mandy. I'm just thrilled to have you here sharing your journey with our listeners today. Thanks, Bet. I'm really excited to be here. I'm very interested in your podcast, and I can't believe I'm on it. <laughs> it's such an honor because, you know, I've been able to watch this journey of yours, and it's such a testimony to your dedication and your discipline, but I also think, like I said, your, your journey is doable. So let's just jump right in. Let's rewind back. Tell us kind of where you were at and how you began this journey the past year or so. So as you mentioned before, I've got three three children, three girls. They're aged 12, almost 10, and almost 8. And it was at the end of 2018. My husband and I just got back from a dream trip abroad for our 15th wedding anniversary. And I got back and I got on the scales and I saw a number that I just, I never thought that I would see. I kind of, at that point, realized something needed to change. I was close to 40. My kids were getting a little older, a little more independent. I thought, you know, I can make some time for myself and and get back to feeling like the person that I know I am inside. I was looking in the mirror and not recognizing myself, I guess is the best way to put it. I felt like the body didn't match how I felt inside. And I was also lethargic. I wasn't super motivated. I was kind of complacent in a lot of aspects in my life where I figured if I had a little more energy, I could get to where I wanted to be. And I realized, you know, just because I'm a mom and I work full time doesn't mean that I can't make some time for myself and my health. And it's only going to get harder, especially I think seeing the big 4-0 coming around the corner was kind of like a turning point for me thinking like, I'm not ready to turn 40 
and be the the size that I am because I like I said it's not going to get any easier with age. So I just started kind of the way that I would start any diet before just oh I'll just eat better or I'll just try to exercise more but I didn't really I didn't have a clear goal or a clear way to do that. I I guess for the 10 years or so previously I I would start to eat healthy or you know try to cut back on the extra treats and things but it wasn't really working for me. I would maybe make it a couple of weeks and then get frustrated and then just go back to my my same old habits. So this was about it was about October and it was Halloween and one night I was sitting there and eating all the candy <laughs> that I know not to buy. I know not to buy it before the day of Halloween, but I did anyway. And I think I tried every flavor in the bag and I went, this is enough. I I need to do something. And so over the next couple of months, I, I did try to eat healthier. I tried to do a little bit more walking. I wasn't really doing any exercise other than walking the dog at that point. And by Christmas, I had lost 10 pounds and I thought, hey, you know, this is good. I I've made some progress. I'm feeling good. However, it was just a little bit slower than I wanted. I just still didn't feel like I had a real clear idea of what to do or how to do it. And funnily enough, that is when you started your group Motivate with my Betty Lou. And it just came at the perfect time for me because I think I was I was ready to do something. And I think I just needed a little bit more information about different strategies. I needed that kind of support group, the accountability as well, just having a bunch of people that were in all aspects of life, some young, some old, some working, some others, some not. But everyone was there for a common purpose of just being healthy and motivating each other and throwing out different ideas of what was working, what wasn't. And I think it was really, I believe you posted an interview podcast that Kelly Levesque, the author of Body Love, had done. And it just clicked for me. The Fab Four, her protein, fat, fiber, and greens, that just really clicked for me. And the way she described insulin response, I think I had no idea the role that blood sugar spikes played and hunger hormones played in the way that I was feeling and the way my appetite would be triggered by what I ate. So I really started with that. I really just cut out processed foods. I cut back on the sugar I cut back on, heaven forbid, the wine, all of the wonderful things that I love, but I just noticed almost immediately how much better I felt, was sleeping better, my mood was really stabilized, I wasn't having those sugar spikes where, you know, now I'm just so hungry, and I just found that was a really, really doable way for me to eat. Right. Because wasn't she telling you like more what you could eat versus what you couldn't? And like, I, that was like a aha. Like when I heard her, her work, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, it's finally clicked because I'm not so focused on what isn't on my plate. It's like, what is? And then 
she was also the first person for me in a long time that actually, and I guess maybe ever in, or I don't know, I'm trying to think back maybe ever that as I started this journey, that was challenging this notion of that we didn't need to snack all the time, that we actually could like go longer between meals and actually maybe that would be good. And so I don't know if that you can relate to that, but that was the same for me. That is 100%. I was finding when I did include fat, fiber, protein, and greens in all of my meals that I could go longer between meals. I wasn't getting that I need a snack feeling. I was getting so satisfied with my food that I I would go so long between meals that it actually led me to delay my breakfast in the morning a bit. I thought when I woke up, I don't need to eat the minute I get up. I've never been a big breakfast eater in the first place. And I kind of did it because they say you should. Breakfast is the important meal of the day and you have to start your metabolism. And I just struggled. I could never get breakfast done before I had to leave for work, you know, trying to get three kids out the door and get myself packed and get to work. And then once you start working, it's like, oh, now I have to stop and eat something. And so I just, I decided at that point that I would delay my breakfast until I was truly hungry, until I had the true hunger signals and not just because of what time it was on the clock. And at that point in my life, I was still doing the whole spend Sunday meal prepping for the week. And I would prep my little breakfast and my little snacks and my lunches. And I was getting to work and I was going about my day, drinking my coffee. I've always been a black coffee drinker. So I think that was in my favor because I wasn't, I didn't have to adjust to not having cream or sweeteners in my coffee. But so I would just be having black coffee and water until I was truly hungry, which at the start was maybe 1030 and then might be 11. And before I knew it, I was getting to lunchtime and I hadn't had my breakfast yet. And I thought, this is a real waste of food. I'm not going to do breakfast anymore. I'm just going to start with lunch or have my breakfast for lunch and then take my lunch home and have that for dinner or something. And it was about that time that I think somebody in the group, it may have been you or it may have been Jeff or someone had been talking about fasting and had talked about or posted the Jen Stevens podcast. And so I started listening to that and I went, huh, that's what I'm doing. And I didn't even know that it had a name. I'm intermittent fasting without even realizing it. And from there, I started reading as much as I could about intermittent fasting and the benefits, autophagy, the way that it helped with clearing out your glycogen stores and turning into a fat burner and all of those things that I, it was just like a light bulb went off in my head. And I went, wow, there are so many benefits to doing this. And I just felt by combining the fab four and the intermittent fasting, it was like, why doesn't everybody know about this? <laughs> why, why am I just learning about this at this age? It was so amazing. And I just, I saw the weight falling off. It, it was great. I mean, I was thinking about your story today and I was like, wow, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that would love to lose 50 pounds. And to hear your story of a busy, 
full-time working mom of three young girls able to take back her health. And, you know, I talk a lot about how health isn't defined by a number on a scale, but there are many times where we just kind of had to put our health last. And you're a good example of you started kind of focusing on your health a little bit more, and then you had tools that you never had. You know, I mean, what are some of the things, are you like me? I mean, I did Weight Watchers. I did Low Calorie. I did so many. I can remember after I graduated college, there was the cabbage soup diet. There was Atkins. I did Weight Watchers pre-kids and was very successful with that, counting points. But I absolutely hated the counting. And that is the beauty of intermittent fasting is I don't count anything. I accept the hours. (laughs) I really don't, I don't worry too much about calories. I don't really worry any about calories, to be honest. There's no points. There's no, I found with when I did the counting, it was always, well, I've got to use up all of what I'm allowed to have. It was never listening to my body. Am I actually full? Am I actually satisfied? It wasn't eating to that point where you're, you're just like, oh, I'm good now. It was always, oh, how how much more can I have to get to that point? And and also another thing I'd really like to highlight is learning about the non-fat and the low fat and how when they take out the fat, they replace it with sugar to make it taste good. And so going to the whole foods and cutting out the processed foods and having real butter. Over the last few years, my family has realized we used to buy margarine and all the low fat, low calorie dressings and how much better the real stuff tastes and you don't need as much. And like, so if I'm going to have butter, I'm going to get this beautiful tasting grass fed, full fat butter but it's going to fill me up more than that empty, whatever fake stuff. Oh my gosh. Do you remember? Oh, this is so bad. In high school, I was obsessed with the, I can't believe it's not butter spray. I remember, I, I, well, I don't know if listeners know that we knew each other in high school and I believe going to your house after school, making popcorn and spraying it with the fake, I can't believe it's not butter spray on the popcorn. I love this stuff. I was like, oh, it's perfect. It tastes it's so good. It's so it's, good. Yeah, it's no calories. And it was probably just making us more hungry and inflamed. And, you know, back in high school, we were so active, it probably didn't make any difference. But I guess as the years went on, I mean, I just growing up, my generation through the 80s and 90s and all the low-fat snack food and non-fat this and that. And I think it just gave me a false sense of, well, it doesn't have any calories. I must be able to eat as much of it as I want. And I didn't kind of realize how that was affecting my body and how I was feeling. A lot of the stuff that I've read about inflammation and oils, and now we only use olive oil and avocado oil and really, really steer clear from vegetable oils and things like that. And the importance of the the good fats. Fat is not your enemy. They told us for so long, stay away from fat. Fat will make you fat. Well, no, sugar will make you fat. I think you hit on so many things. I'm like, so number one, I think moms or anyone that is listening that just feels overwhelmed with counting calories, counting points, food prepping, 
so much work. I mean, I think you can just hear Mandy's like freedom that she all of a sudden had where she's losing weight, but she's also saving all this time of things she used to do. I think that's such a freedom that you gain. And then second, I think so many people can relate to your, when you count calories, how you're obsessed with making sure you maximize those calories. So so then you eat things that are lower calorie because they give you the feeling of having more, but you're really never satisfied. So you're eating like your 100 calorie snack pack or all these low fat foods that we were told are the best. And that's how we're keeping within our calorie limit. And yet no wonder that eventually we go away from it because we're not satisfied and our body is overfed, undernourished. They say both of those combined make so much sense to me. And I found, I don't know if you're like this, but I have found so many times now that there are days where I need more food and there are days where I need way less. Do you ever find that now? Absolutely. And I I think that's the beauty of getting in touch with listening to your hunger signals and, you know, your body really does tell you like some days I'm just, I crave a certain type of food and I can really, I can really hear my body telling me what it needs now. I do. And like you were saying before about saving the time, I mean, I would spend Sundays meal prepping for the week, cutting up all the vegetables and, and everything. And it consumed my, my whole day where now I have the day is free. I can go for a run or take the kids out, do something with the kids. I'm not just stuck in the kitchen getting ready for the week. And then heaven forbid, we had a busy weekend and I didn't do my food prep. And then I would be lost. What am I going to eat? What am I going to take? What are my snacks? And then that's when you're going and just grabbing something quick and it's maybe not the best option. I don't know. It's, it's like you said, it's just a new kind of freedom. I don't even think about breakfast. I do occasionally have a late lunch. So I do, I do take some food to work usually, but sometimes I don't eat it. It just depends on the day. And that's what I really love the flexibility of just listening to my body and just eating only when I'm truly hungry and need something. So Mandy, at what point in your journey? So It was Christmas, you lost about 10 pounds, then you kept on the Fab Four, and then you started fasting a little bit. At what point were you like, I want to start running? And were you ever a runner? I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, yeah. This this has been the real amazing thing to me is, no, I was never a runner. Well, if I went back to high school, I did track. I think in middle school, I did cross country. So I, I was always athletic. I was always doing whatever sport was in season. I was, But I was never what I would consider a runner. I could run, but it wasn't my favorite thing. I was really a swimmer, but it was maybe... Seven years ago, my youngest child was just a baby. I decided I was going to run a 5K and I did this couch to 5K program. I trained for something like 10 or 12 weeks to do a 5K and I did it and then I never ran again. (laughs) It was kind of like, oh, I just want to do it to say that I did it. And I don't know, it probably sounds silly to people that run out there that 5K was such a, a big thing for me. But because like I said, I was, wasn't really naturally a runner. So as I was losing the weight last year in 2019, I was down about 30 pounds, 
by about this time last year, I was down about 30 pounds. And I decided that once a week, that Sundays, I called it Sunday run day. And instead of my food prep, I'd go down and run around the lake. There's a, a lake in the area that I live and it's about, oh, is it... I can't remember how far it is. It might not even be a mile. And I would walk, run, walk, run. I could maybe run for five minutes and then I'd have to walk. And I just kind of slowly built on that. I remember the first time that I ran around the whole lake without stopping. I think I posted on your group page, like, I ran around the lake. Like, it probably didn't seem like much to anyone else. Maybe a 15 minute run or something. But I was just thrilled. And and I was kind of telling my husband, who runs marathons, I, I was saying, oh, I ran today. And he was super proud and super supportive. And, you know, good job. And it gave me a kind of confidence that I think I was lacking. And I think getting control over my food was a confidence for me. Trying something new, not learning to run. I mean, everybody, I guess can run, but training myself about how to run and just increasing my distance little by little boosted my confidence in myself. And one day my husband said he was going out for his run and, hey, do you want to go for a run together? And I was like, oh, that would be fun. And I ran with him. We did 5Ks, so about three miles. And we got back and And I had to walk some, we'd walk some, run some, walk, run some. And we got back and he goes, wow, I can't believe you did really well. Like for not having been running for very long, you were able to run 5Ks. That's really good. And I went, yeah, I'm really proud of that. And it was funny from there, I just kind of had the bug. And I remember for my 40th birthday, I asked for a pair of running shoes, like proper running shoes from went and got fitted at a running store and just being so proud of these little shoes and thinking to myself, wow, I better kind of stick with this now. I've invested some money in some good shoes. And about that time I posted on in the group again, that just having that group, their support has just been unbelievable and inspiring. And I said, anyone local, does anyone know of a local 5K coming up? And our friend Peggy had mentioned that this local running group was doing a St. Patrick's 5K. And I went and did that with her. I remember being very slow and very tired, but still enjoyed it. And and then I found out that this group that we ran with runs every Thursday night. And they start out at a bar (laughs) and they run five miles or no, sorry, five Ks. So three miles. And then you go in and and have a beer. (laughs) And I thought, wow, that's a good reward for going for a run. And I, I started meeting some really great people and the running community in my area is super, super great, supportive. I've met some wonderful people and I just, I started really looking forward to Thursday nights for the social aspect for the health aspect. And it was getting to the point where I didn't want to miss a Thursday. And this running group had some incentives. So if you run a certain amount of times with them, you, you're eligible to get a t-shirt and then a long sleeve shirt. And you have to run at least five times to get the t-shirt. And then you run 33 times to get a long sleeve shirt. So it was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to run at least until I get my shirt. And then it just turned into a kind of a, a good habit. And it was just kind of known in my family that Thursday nights, I'm, I'm going for my run on Thursday nights. 
And then I was really getting into it and enjoying it. And it was probably about April. I was running one time on the weekend and then my Thursday nights. And my husband was signing up for the Seattle Marathon. And that was coming up in December. And this is April. And he said, do you want to do it? Do you want to do the half? And I went, oh, I I don't think I could do a half marathon. No way. Oh, he goes, well, early bird pricing is going to it's going to be over soon. So we have to decide. And I said, Oh, fine, just sign me up. Because then if I can't do it, at least I'm only out such and such amount of money. I'd rather I'd rather not, you know, and thinking to myself this whole time, having this little nugget of doubt in my mind that I wouldn't be able to do it, but I was going to try. And I remember posting, I think I posted on your page, something about a half marathon being my goal. And you commented, oh, I see a half marathon in your future for sure. And I thought, oh, well, you know, why not? People run half marathons all the time. And if I do the proper training, I think I can. And I think my husband's experience with marathons, and he kind of knew where my fitness level was at. And I think he knew that I can be stubborn and (laughs) stick with something if I want it bad enough. So he really encouraged me and was so supportive of any, any time I wanted to go out for a run, it was never a problem. It was never, you know, I'd work till five, get home, leave again, go run, maybe not be home till seven or eight. And it was just never a problem. And I just really, I, I caught the running bug and I was able to run complete and in a time that I never even thought I could do in December. And I immediately turned around after that, that half marathon and signed up for three more races that are coming up. So I definitely have the running bug and that out of anything from this whole journey was the biggest surprise to me. I really surprised myself and it just gave me a a confidence that I can't describe. Oh, I just love that. Hey friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now, let's get back to our guest. Watching how you went from barely being able to run for five minutes at a time to running a half marathon and that, like you said, that confidence... So now, Mandy, with your eating and your exercise, walk me through, and I know not every day is the same, but so our listeners can kind of get a picture, what's your typical kind of fasting regimen, eating regimen, and explain on that a little bit? So, uh, Because some people will come up to me and they'll be like, well, you can't possibly exercise and intermittent fast, can you? And I'm like, no, no, you can. I promise. You know, you have to work into it. So maybe share how you do that today. Yeah, no problem. I'm currently, I guess, what I would consider in maintenance. So I, I reached my 50-pound weight loss in July, and I've stuck at the same weight since July. 
I feel like I could potentially lose a little bit more, but I'm not really trying to right now. I think the amount of running I do does require me to eat a few more calories and things like that. And and at this point, I'm not trying to lose more weight. I'm just trying to get stronger. So the number on the scale doesn't really bother me at all. But in saying that, I do still keep track and I'm always within about a four pound, I guess, that's kind of my normal setting. So I'll go up to or down to or be the same. So that's completely fine. I don't want people to get too hung up on weight. And I feel like they worry if one day they're up two pounds. But I know I've heard a lot of other people say you can't gain two pounds of fat overnight. There's so many other things that contribute to your weight, the amount of water, how hydrated you are, what is still digesting in your body, different hormonal fluctuations, things like that. So it's only one tool to track your progress. I would say really the way your clothes are fitting, taking pictures has been huge for me. I never really did the measurements and I really regret not doing that. So anyone just starting out, I could give that advice. Take measurements, take photos, and keep at least one pair of of your bigger clothes. I know as soon as you go down a size, you're going to want to get that crap out of the house. But I would really wish I still had a pair of my old pants or something just to just to put them on just to see how far I've come on those days when I feel like, oh, I'm not making any progress or I'm the same. Because even though I haven't lost any pounds since July of 2019, I've still gone down sizes. I still try, I still grab the wrong size to try on and have to go back and get a smaller size because I still don't believe I was never the size I am even in high school. I don't think I'm now at the weight I was in high school, but I was never this size, if that makes sense. And, and I did, I was probably more muscular in high school. So that, that could probably have to do with that. But so right now in the maintenance, my typical day starts out, wake up, drink water, walk the dog, make some coffee, have a little bit of coffee while I'm getting ready for work and take a little takeaway insulated mug of coffee to work. And I sip on that all morning and more water. Most of the time won't open my window till probably 2 p.m., which can sometimes just be a snack to start. Maybe some nuts, maybe a boiled egg, some kind of protein I love a spinach salad with some chicken or some tuna or avocado. When I'm thinking about what I want to eat, I really do still like the Fab Four. The perfect meal for me would probably be a big bunch of spinach, an avocado, some little nuts or seeds or something. But, you know, sometimes I want a sandwich and I'll have the bread, carbs, aren't necessarily my enemy or anything. I feel better when I'm lower carb as far as bloating and just the way I feel. And I think also it triggers other hunger in me when I have too many carbs. But there's no food that's off limits. But I really do try to stick to what makes me feel better. I really don't worry too much about what I eat in my eating window. But I try to keep my eating window at under eight hours. So my my typical fasting schedule is 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating. But during the week, I tend to stretch that out a little more. I'm probably closer to 19 hours of fasting, five hours eating. I can usually close my window by 8 p.m. 
And if I'm still kind of up doing something, I might make a cup of hot water or tea, like not a flavored tea, like a black tea. The caffeine doesn't really bother me. I can still sleep. (laughs) Some people can't have a black tea at uh, eight o'clock at night. But I I do 10 or just sip on water or something, but I, I try to cut it off at eight. And then, so it's, yeah, that's my typical is probably stop eating at 8 p.m., start eating at 2 p.m. the next day on a typical weekday. Now, Friday is a whole nother story because I like to stay up and catch up on my shows and I don't have to get up early on Saturdays. So I will tend to have a longer eating window on Fridays and it usually will have maybe a glass of wine and a little snack or something. But I do insane that like I, I love the flexibility that I can do that, but I do sort of in a way pay for it the next day because I'll find that my fasting is a lot harder when I've had any kind of alcohol, carbs, sugar, or anything like that. So I don't rule out any kind of treats like that, but I at this point know what it does to my fast for the next day. And it it has to be really worth it for me. (laughs) And sometimes it is. And usually by Friday I am ready for a treat and I'm willing to pay for it. Like I stayed up last night. My husband has recently started fasting. And it's really cute because we text each other like, have you eaten yet? Have you opened your window yet? And today we went out, it was our anniversary yesterday and we went out and we had a couple of beers at a local little bar and he texted me this morning that he was struggling because I warned him. I said, you know, if you drink beer, you're probably going to have a harder fast the next day. And he texts me. He went to bed early because he gets up really early for work and I stayed up another couple of hours and he said, I'm really struggling and he sent some little emojis of beers. <laughs> and and I wrote back, yeah, me too. And I go, I can't open my window until 2.30 today because I stayed up till 10 p.m. eating popcorn. <laughs> he was like, are you serious? And I go, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it was worth it for me. And so today was a little harder because I'd had the beers and the popcorn, but I made it till when I was due to open my window. I killed the time in the morning with, I went for a run. You were mentioning before people worried about exercising without having anything to eat first. I prefer that. I actually feel better on my runs when I'm fasted. I know that when I run in the evenings after I've eaten, it's a little harder and it can sometimes cause different digestive issues for me if I have too much in my system and I go for a run. So I really prefer my fasted runs and I drink black coffee and water before my run and I'm just fine. I ran my half marathon fasted with only black coffee and water and I didn't die. I have plenty of fat stores on my body and that's the beauty of being fat adapted, which is a you know something you'll get to after you're used to fasting is your body knows where to get the energy from. It's you kind of can train your body if you don't constantly have the glycogen floating around in your bloodstream, which is all the the stuff that if you're constantly eating all the time, you have glycogen floating around in your blood and your body wants to use that. That's easy fuel for it. It just grabs that and uses that first. If you deplete all of that with fasting, your body has no choice but to go to the fat. And I have plentiful reserves still of that lovely fat fuel and my body knows how to access it pretty easily. So I've never been lightheaded or had any kind of problem problems with my fasting and my body's just used to it now and actually prefers it for exercise. 
that's how I am. And I like to bring my black coffee to my workout. Like I go to, sometimes I'll go to Orange Theory or I'll go to a class, like I went to strength class and I'm like the weirdo who has water, but I also often like it's early enough in the morning that I'm like, people, I still need my coffee, leave me alone. But I often, and then reverse back, like I remember when I used to think I had to get food in me, like, you know, I'd go to an early morning class and, oh, I got to eat something. I got to eat something. I'm going to be lightheaded. And it's just so freeing when you're like, no. And I didn't know that you were fasting before your half marathon. I mean, there you go. And I think more because they say with running, don't try anything new on race day. And I had done all of my training uh, runs fasted. And so I thought I could really seriously mess up my performance if I did something different. So to eat before I ran would have been completely foreign and I might have spent half of the time in the porta potty or something. I don't know. But that's how my body, how I trained my body for the 12 weeks of training I did for that half marathon. And yeah, I didn't run out of energy. I didn't need, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to run further than a half marathon, I believe you do need to have fuel of some type and electrolytes and things like that. Cause you will eventually run out of that easily or that whatever's floating around in your bloodstream and stuff. So if I do eventually go on to do longer distances, if I were to do a full marathon, I would definitely train and play around with fuel for that. But you can definitely run for two hours without eating anything beforehand. So I have another question for you. So you went on a vacation, if I recall, and with you and Corey. And... I want to hear more about how you handled that. Like, so you're going on this vacation, you've lost all this weight, you are just rocking your journey. Were you nervous to go on this special vacation? And then what did you do when you were there? And how did that all work out? We went away for two weeks in July of last year, right when I had hit my 50 pounds. And I kind of was a little nervous thinking, okay, this is going to be a test to see if this lifestyle really works for me because we went to Australia where we used to live and there were all kinds of delicious foods that I missed that I can't get here. And so I knew there would be a fair amount of eating those things because I can't normally get them and they're just so good. So I thought, ooh, how am I going to do? Because I'm, I'm going to indulge. I have decided that I'm not going to just not have all these things that I miss because I've lost this weight. But I also don't want every other diet in my life. You know, if you were to do that, you would undo all that hard work. And so I just decided I'm going to see how I how I do with continuing to do my fasting and then just keep those good foods for my eating window. And so that's what I did. And we were there for two weeks. I did not deny myself any of the wonderful treats. I've got photos to prove it. I had fish and chips and meat pies and sausage rolls and lamingtons and all these delicious Aussie treats that I love and all the different chocolates and lollies and things that I can't get here. And I am happy to say I didn't gain any weight in the two weeks. I stayed exactly the same. I made sure to get my walks in in the morning. I delayed my first meal, probably not as long as I would on a normal day, but I think I made up for it with trying to get out walking. And yeah, it was eye-opening to think, 
that I didn't have to suffer any consequences for indulging a little bit because I was still disciplined in keeping to a certain eating window and not just eating all that stuff all day long, but making sure that had that balance. So that was, that was great. And that's, I guess that's what really proved to myself that this is the way I'm going to eat now forever. I can't imagine. I actually can't imagine eating from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed anymore. It kind of exhausts me to think of, we have a hard enough time deciding what we're going to have for dinner every night. I can't imagine having to still decide what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner. It's, it does simplify things so much. It really does. And I guess that's what's so empowering that you took a two-week vacation in Australia and you were able to transfer that lifestyle there, not deny yourself all the things, and then kind of come back. And you probably said, oh, I'm going to hone in a little bit. I'm not going to have you know all the treats. But you didn't come back and all the hard work that you had done, you know, your 50 pounds lost, it didn't just go away. And I feel like with so many other eating lifestyles, like if you would have cheated like that in our mind, we used to use the word cheat, you know, oh, you cheated. Well, now, no, you chose to indulge, but you kept within your window eating. And as a result, you came back and you barely gained anything. It's unbelievable how well this works. And just that, I, like I keep going back to the word freedom, but I don't worry about it. And even over Christmas, Thanksgiving, I got through all the holidays this year and, you know, stayed within that couple of pounds up or down. And I just know when I get kind of on the upper, the two pounds above my kind of target weight, that's when I well, okay, well, I'm not going to have quite as many carbs this week, or I'm going to have a little bit of a shorter eating window for a couple of days, or maybe one longer fast in the week. I don't punish myself and say, I have to run more miles, or, or I have to do something else extreme to get back to where I was. It's really, really simple, minor adjustments that just get me back on track and feeling good. And, and that's the thing is when I really sit and think about how I feel when I eat all those indulging foods. I don't really like to feel like that anymore. I, I don't know how I went through life just eating all the carbs all the time. And no wonder I felt tired. And, you know, I remember just getting out of bed and feeling achy and sore. And the more I read and research about inflammation and things like that, I get out of bed just fine now. I mean, like a 40 year old should not feeling like an 80 year old. So it's, it's really good. <laughs> I, I feel way better at 40 than I ever felt in my thirties. Oh, I just love hearing that. So, okay, Mandy. So there's people listening today and they were you, you know, 50 pounds ago, they are feeling tired and achy. Maybe a walk even isn't as difficult or maybe a short jog would be really hard for them. What advice would you give them? Where would you send them when someone, I know you get approached all the time at work and people that see you are like, oh my gosh, Mandy, you look amazing. What are you doing? What's going on? What do you tell them briefly? Like, what's your advice to start? I would just say, believe in yourself. As cheesy as that sounds is if you had told me a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago that I could lose 50 pounds and run a half a marathon, I would first of all, laugh, probably 
spit out my candy bar and my wine, but I would just say, well, what's the catch? Like, how much would that cost? You know, every other, it seems like every other diet or thing out there, there's a fee or you have to buy special food or you need special protein powders, supplements and things like that. But I think the reason more people don't know about it is because there's no money to be made in, it's not a diet. There's no subscription. There's no special products. It's literally just not eating like it's it's not starving yourself either and that's I think I get a little bit hesitant I I always kind of pause before I say intermittent fasting I try to frame it more like I have certain eating windows just because there's such a bad connotation with the word fasting if people don't kind of know the research fasting's been going on for centuries in all different walks of life religions cultures and it's really kind of a it brings me a, a certain amount of mental clarity. It, it just, I don't know, I, I guess the way I describe after I've eaten is I feel kind of fuzzy. And so if I, if I have something important coming on, I would try to schedule it in the morning if I can, a big meeting or something, because that's when I'm really thinking clearly. It's just, yeah, I, I guess I would just say, believe in yourself, do the research, just see how you feel and give it some time. A lot of people will, in, in some of the groups that I'm in, Facebook groups about intermittent fasting, people will be kind of like, I'm not losing weight. What am I doing wrong? I think it comes down to the amount of healing your body needs to do. Some people have more internal healing. There's a lot of things happening when you fast that you can't see. And depending on where your health is at when you start, the weight loss will come once all that other stuff is figured out. Right, right. I think that's such good advice. And I see that a lot where we were all used to these diets where you lost really quick, but it all came back. And I think that your story is evident. And I have to say mine is too, and many others that I know that we've lost the weight. And yes, we may bounce around that four to six pounds, just like anybody does. But like you, this is the skinniest I've been and the healthiest I've been since high school. And that's saying a lot because in high school, I was, I, you know, you were a all state swimmer. I mean, Mandy was such an athlete and I was playing three sports. I mean, I think that's where it's so amazing to say like, wow, we are, we're back to where we were in high school and we're feeling energetic and yeah, we're not 18 again, but it's really makes me excited like for the next 10 years of my life and all that we can do. I feel like it's, it's a new lease on life. I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about all the other things that come along with aging. Cause I feel like I'm doing what I can to, to keep my body running as best it can. So I guess bring it on. Oh, well, Mandy, your story is just so inspiring. And for those of you that want to hear more about Mandy's story, she mentioned that she is in our group Motivate with My Betty Lou. And she is one of our admins there. And she just has so much, I feel like, words of wisdom and the reason that I think her words hold so much power and weight is that she is not trying to have some ulterior motive. She lives a very real life. And like I said, her story is 
so motivational, but it's so doable. So thank you, Mandy, for sharing it today. And I know you are going to impact so many people when they hear this journey. So thank you for your time today. And I'm honored to be your friend and witness this journey. Oh, thank you so much. I really don't feel like I could have done this alone. The support of all the people in the group have given me the confidence to believe in myself. And yeah, it's just been great. And thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Have a good day, Mandy. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening today. For more motivation on living boldly, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. Thank you.